following audio is from Crossroads Church in West Ossipee, New Hampshire. For more information about Crossroads Church, you can go to www.crossroadsossipee.com. We're going to continue in our study in Luke chapter 12 this morning. We're going to look at verses 35 through 40, and that's on page 871 in the Pew Bibles. And of course, um, I would be I would be remiss if I launched into the sermon without uh, acknowledging some of the some of the events that we've been seeing in the news lately, uh, including the war in Israel as well as the shooting in Lewiston, uh, Lewiston, Maine. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I was born in Lewiston, and I've said that more in the last week than I ever had in my whole life. It's not a badge of honor I wore around, but. Um, um, we spent many happy hours bowling at the facility where um, uh, where that tragedy took place. And we certainly pray for peace and comfort for all those that are involved and for those families that lost loved ones. Um, we have family that lost friends um, and, uh, and also for those uh, who are helping on the scene and the first responders and all those involved in pursuing the suspect. And um, we also pray for peace in Israel uh, and the safe return for uh, of those taken hostage and for comfort for all those who have lost loved ones in both Israel and Gaza. And um, these things have prompted many people to, to start to wonder if we are indeed in the end times um, and if the return of Christ is imminent. Um, and these are legitimate questions and they are worth considering. And that fact is confirmed by our text for this morning in Luke chapter 12, uh, 35 to 40. So let's read that together. This is Jesus speaking. Stay dressed for action and keep your lamps burning. And be like men who are waiting for their master to come home from the wedding feast. So they may open the door to him at once when he comes and knocks. Blessed are those servants who whom the master finds awake when he comes. Truly, I say to you, he will dress himself for service and have them recline at table, and he will come and serve them. If he comes in the second watch or in the third and finds them awake, blessed are those servants. But know this, that if the master of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have left his house to be broken into. You also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the truth of your word, that you have delivered it to us, you've preserved it for us. Now we pray that you would enlighten our hearts, that we would hear your voice, we'd see your hand. We pray for soft hearts to, reserve, uh, uh, to receive the message that you have for us. We pray, Lord, you would straighten our priorities for your glory. We give you this time for your glory and our good in Jesus' name. Amen. So, so far in Luke chapter 12, Luke has grouped several different sayings of Jesus that fit a, uh, a similar theme that really boils down to what, what 
the focus of Christ's disciples should be, um, that our trust should be in the Lord and not in our material possessions and stuff. Uh, and here in these verses, he gives us the reason uh, to hope in him, to trust in him and not trust in ourselves. And that reason is that he is coming back, that he's coming back again. Stay dressed for action. Keep your lamps burning. That's the instructions that he gives his disciples. That includes us. You may see a note in verse 35 in your Bible in front of you. The phrase, stay dressed for action, um, it's not what it says in the Greek. Um, it, it, it literally means to keep your loins girded. Gird your loins. Um, this may be a familiar phrase uh, to gird your loins, maybe to you. I don't know. Um, but what does it really mean? So uh, I found a picture on the Internet, which can be helpful sometimes, um, of the action of girding, girding your loins. <laughs> All right. This is how to gird up your loins. The heavy tunic uh, wouldn't allow you to do heavy labor or fight in battle, necessitating the girding of one's loins. So first hoist up the tunic. That all the fabric is above your knees. This will give you a mobility. Gather all the extra material in front of you so that the back of the tunic is snug against your backside. Once the excess fabric is gathered in front, pull it underneath and between your legs to your rear. This feels much like a diaper. <laughs> Gather half of the material in each hand, bringing it back around to the front. Finally, tie your two handfuls of material together and you're all set for battle and hard labor. So go forth. Be ye men and gird up your loins. <laughs> well, that sounds funny to a society that is centered around pants. <laughs> so don't forget that Jesus is speaking to people in the first century, right, who didn't dress like this. Um, they didn't know what blue jeans were yet, those poor, poor souls. People wore long tunics and cloaks within which we, also, uh, we see characterized it in Christmas plays. Everybody wears a bathrobe and all the shepherds, um, you know, with the sheep and their, their long sticks and their bathrobes, right? Um, so to gird your loins means to gather up the long garments from between your legs and tuck them into your belt so you're ready for action. That's what Jesus is saying. Be ready for action. doesn't matter if you're wearing pants or not. Be ready for action. Long garments had to be girded up so as not to hinder walking and working and fighting. Praise the Lord for pants, right? Loins were to be girded and lamps were to stay lit so that the servants were ready to serve, right? So they could move freely and they could see in the dark. Jesus doesn't just give them this instruction, but he shows them the application and the importance uh, of this kind of readiness, I look at verse 36. Be like men who are waiting for their master to come home from the wedding feast so that they may open the door to him at once when he comes and knocks. Now skip ahead to verse 38. It says, if he comes in the second watch or in the third and finds them awake, blessed are those servants. All right, so the Romans split up the hours of the night into four watches, uh, 6 p.m. to 9 p.m., 9 p.m. to 12 a.m., 12 a.m. to 3 a.m., and 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. 
So Jesus said, if the master comes back from the wedding feast late at night, even as late as 3 a.m., and finds the servants awake and ready for him to come home, ready to open up the gate when he knocks and let him in, blessed are those servants. They aren't asleep. They have nothing to hide. They open the door at once. They weren't caught doing things they shouldn't have been doing. They weren't sleeping. They were ready for the master to return. And Jesus would go on to tell another parable uh, similar to this in the verses that follow our passage about servants who weren't ready for their master's return and what will happen to them. And we'll look at that next time. But the temptation for servants is to, quite frankly, be lazy and not be diligent about their duties because their master wasn't there, right? While the cat's away, the mice will play or nap. I mean... They could have their own little feast while the master was gone, get drunk or fall asleep while he's out instead of being diligent in their duties and keeping an eye out for their master's return. Jesus describes a wonderful reward for those servants who were found faithful and were awake and alert for the master's coming and opened the door for him when he came back. He says in verse 37, Blessed are those servants whom the master finds awake when he comes. Truly, I say to you, he will dress himself for service and have them recline at table, and he will come and serve them. You ever stop and think about that? I used to just blow right over this thought. Like the master's going to be happy. You're awake, doing your job. He comes home, knocks on the door, you open it. Great. Move on. But Jesus says the reward for these diligent servants is that the master himself will gird his own loins. It's the same word. To serve the servants. Right? This is a great picture of the upside-down nature of God's kingdom. That the king of the universe would serve his creation. Right? The king serving the servants. In Mark 10:45, Jesus said, For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. R.C. Sproul wrote, When he comes, those who are found ready, who are busily engaged in their work, having set their hearts on the kingdom of God, and not the acquisition of material possessions, they will be rewarded. When the king comes, the king will serve his faithful people. Jesus goes on to share a second picture. In the first picture, he illustrates the readiness that he expects from the disciples. But in the second, he shares the unexpected nature of his return. Verse 39. But know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief was coming, he would not have left his house to be broken into. You also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Just imagine for a minute that you got an email uh, saying, I'll be at your house next Thursday night at 8.15, so I can burgle it. See you then, right? You might reply, I will also be at my house next Thursday night at 8.15 p.m., so I can clean your clock, right? 
But that's not how it works, right? That's not how it works. The alarm system industry exists because that's not how it works, right? Jesus is telling his disciples to be ready for his return because his return will be just like a thief in the night. He will come at an hour we do not expect. And this idea is repeated several times in the New Testament. 1 Thessalonians 5, 2, and 3, Paul writes, For you yourselves are fully aware that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying there is peace and security, then sudden destruction will come upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. Peter writes in 2 Peter 3.10, But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. John writes in Revelation 16.15, Behold, I am coming like a thief. Blessed is the one who stays awake, keeping his garments on, that he may not go about naked and be exposed. This is the trouble I have when things uh, in the Middle East turn sideways. They've been sideways for thousands of years. So we see these things happening. Uh, things seem out of control. Is this it? First Thessalonians 5, 3. While people are saying there's peace and security, then sudden destruction will come upon them as labor pains come upon a pregnant woman. Does it, are people saying peace and security in Israel right now? No, they're not. Verse 37 says, Blessed are those servants whom the master finds awake when he comes. Verse 40 says, You also must be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. So what's the plain emphasis of Jesus' teaching here? Be ready. Disciples, be ready. So, okay, got it. What does that mean? What does readiness look like? Uh, if Jesus tells us to be ready, what, what does that mean? So to that question, I res must respond with two more. Just like Jesus. <laughs> the first question, do you believe that Jesus is coming back today? No, I, no, 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 no. It's not an I don't know. Do you believe that Jesus is coming back today? No, you don't. It's not a trick question. You're, you're just wrong in your answer. We're, do you believe that Jesus is coming back today? Did you get up this morning thinking today's the day? Okay. Right? Yeah. Beware of your semantics. If you believed that Jesus is coming back today, how would your life be different? What would you do differently? If you knew Jesus was coming back at 937 this morning, is this where you would come? Well, so that's kind of my point. I, I'm, I'm longing for the day that Jesus comes back, but I did not get up this morning thinking today is the day. Because if I did... If I had any compassion, 
if I had any love for my neighbor, I would tell them to get ready. I wouldn't come here to see you. I'll see you. <laughs> right? We're going to be together for forever in God's kingdom. But if you believe that Jesus is coming back today, that should motivate you to tell other people who don't know him how to be saved. So it's easy for us to say, yes, preacher, I believe Jesus is coming back today. You're a bunch of liars, right? That's the truth. The ground floor of readiness for Christ's return is saving faith in Jesus Christ. We are certainly not ready for his return if we're still in our sin. We must have personal faith in Jesus Christ and his substitutionary atoning death on the cross in order to be ready for his return. So that means your friends and your neighbors that don't have faith in Jesus are not ready for his return. And the Bible says, how will they believe if they have not heard? And how will they hear if someone doesn't preach to them? And how will someone preach to them if they're not sent? We're sent. We're sent to preach the good news to our neighbors, our friends, and strangers, everybody that doesn't know Jesus. But should Jesus tarry another 2,000 years? What should we do in the meantime? Be ready. Be watchful. Be faithful. Be diligent. To be ready is to live my duty and die at my post. Not lazy, not worldly, not sensual, not inconsiderate. We must be watchful and call others to watchfulness as well. We, we are not spectators. That's not what Jesus calls us to do. We're all still learning. We're all still growing. No, we don't all have the Bible memorized cover to cover. We don't, we're not perfect at applying its truth. We're not, we're not all there. But we're all on the path. We all have the same resources. We all have God's word. We all have God's spirit through faith in Jesus. There is nothing, nothing, nothing holding us back from sharing the truth of the gospel with our friends and neighbors except for ourselves. Do you believe that Jesus is coming back today? I, I still want to say yes, but no. Because if I did, I'd be doing something different. And I think you would too. We've got to think about that when we get up in the morning. When our alarm goes off, this could be the day. What will I do different than I did yesterday? Because is Jesus' return imminent? Is he at the door? It's a lot closer today than it was yesterday. It could be today. And so what should we do? We have to have that thought every morning when we wake up. What, what will I do? Jesus is coming today. What do I need to be ready what, is, what do my friends and neighbors need to be ready? They need to know Jesus. And if blessed are the servants who, who the master finds awake and alert and ready for him to come. 
it's not just standing there with your hand on the doorknob all the time, but it's telling everybody else, the master's coming, get ready, get ready. In the words of Peter from Second Peter 3, do not overlook this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will pass away with a roar, and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved, and the earth and the works that are done on it will be exposed. Since all these things are thus to be dissolved, what sort of people ought you to be in lives of holiness and godliness, waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be set on fire and dissolved, and the heavenly bodies will melt as they burn? But according to his promise, we are waiting for a new heavens and a new earth on which righteousness dwells. Therefore, beloved, since you are waiting for these be diligent to be found by him without spot or blemish and at peace. And count the patience of our Lord as salvation, just as our beloved brother Paul also wrote to you according to the wisdom given to him, as he does in all his letters when he speaks of them in these matters. There are some things in them that are hard to understand, which the ignorant and unstable twist to their own destruction as they do the other scriptures. You, therefore, beloved, knowing this beforehand, Take care that you are not carried away with the error of lawless people and lose your own stability, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we need your help to live lives of holiness. And readiness. Help us, Lord, to be diligent about the work that you have called us each to. Open our eyes to see the opportunities we have to share the love of Jesus with our friends and family and co-workers and neighbors. We know, Lord, that your Holy Spirit can give us the words to say if we just open our mouths to speak. And Lord, we also pray that you would prepare the hearts of those around us, that they would be seeking you, whether they know that or not, that you might be found and found in us. Lord, may we live every day like it's the day you're coming back so that we'll be found doing what you have called us to do, that we'll be ready. Lord, show us each day what that means. And may we all live for your glory, that people would know Jesus and be saved. We love you, Lord. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would like to participate in the mission of Crossroads Church through financial support, checks can be mailed to Crossroads Church, Post Office Box 576, West Ossipee, New Hampshire. 03890